then also I'm going to um, do a little bit of reporting and on what has been going on, what has been happening in Jamaica. And um, for those of you who will be on the trip, um, just to let you know that in Jamaica we speak two languages, English and uh, Patwa, all right? So, mostly English. I, I see, I, I think uh, some of you are a little bit scared. But um, Patwa, it's a mixture of um, a lot of different languages, Creole, that we speak in um, Jamaica. So, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to understand a little bit, but we won't chat much of it when we're there. I'm sure you didn't get all of that, right? <laughs> so that is why we're going to be there to help you guys in case somebody is speaking uh, that to you. You'll be able to understand what they're saying. So it, it is going to be a wonderful trip. It's going to be um, a wonderful time. But um, I just want to personally say um, thank you uh, to Community Baptist Church. Um, when, we, when we got here yesterday about uh, 4 o'clock, we checked into a nice hotel room. I wish we could take that room back to Jamaica with us. <laughs> and then if that wasn't good enough, when we walked in, there was this basket with a lot of goodies. Now, I've seen a lot of baskets in my lifetime, but that one was a basket. <laughs> and, and I just want to thank you guys for, for that. Also, just want to thank you for your prayers and your support over the years. Um, Without your prayers and your support, um, we couldn't do what we're doing right now in Jamaica. And um, just to let you know, we, we have acquired our new building. It is a huge building. Uh, we have um, recently had somebody draw up a plan how we're going to have the layout of the building and stuff like that. And uh, if all going, go according to plan, that building will be able to hold over five to six hundred people on a Sunday morning. Yeah, that's how um, big it is. Right now we meet in a small room, a lot smaller than this right now, <laughs> and that can hold about uh, 150 people. You'll see some pictures um, floating along there. We have a huge warehouse to renovate, and the truth is we, we really appreciate and thank God for the churches and the groups that have helped us over the years and that are still helping us um, in, in this work project. It's a huge project that we have to do to complete. And uh, so we are privileged to have the groups coming down this summer to help a little bit um, with that. So you can see there's a, there's a lot of work to be done. And let me warn you, it is not as cool as this building. It is very hot. And you're going to sweat a lot. But here's the thing. We're going to sweat for the glory of God. Amen? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so that's the room that we're meeting in um, right now. It, it is a small room. We're able to hold about 150 people in that room. And almost every single Sunday, that room is packed out um, with people worshiping and um, praising the Lord. So um, we're, we're so happy for what God is doing in Jamaica. And as I said... Um, this is happening because of your prayers and your support. So we want to thank you guys, and we're looking forward to having the team come down this summer and um, work with us. We have a lot of different ministries going on, so very love ministries. My wife was also 
instrumental in starting a boys club on a Sunday morning for the young men in our church where they are able to be mentored by older men in the church, which is so needed because one of the things in Jamaica, a lot of these boys do not have any father figure in the home. So we have some men who are stepping up in the church who are basically becoming father figures for these young men, teaching them how to become men, and not just men, but men of God. So uh, a lot going on. So just ask you to continue to pray for us as we serve the Lord in Jamaica. Let me ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. And as I go along, I'll give you some more updates. Father, we, we thank you for the privilege that we have to, to serve you. We thank you, O oh God, that in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of the fact that we, are, we may not be the, the greatest or the best, you, you see it fit to use us. You see it fit to love us. We thank you for the stand that we have to serve and worship you because, God, you are worthy this morning to be praised, to be adored. We ask you, God, that in this time that you will just speak to our hearts and our minds. Help us this morning to not just come to church and leave the same way we came, but, God, we ask you through the power of your word and your spirit that you will change us from the inside out. Help us to leave here looking a little bit more and more like you. We ask you to encourage us, to strengthen us even now through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 5. The book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, which you should, right? Um, we're in church. <laughs> so Joshua chapter 5, um, verses 1 through to 12. That's what we're going to look at. And I want to speak to us this morning on the idea of how to have a progressive walk with the Lord. How to have a progressive walk with the Lord. It is interesting that we live in a world that constantly talks about progress. In Jamaica, one of the things that we are trying to do is to progress on our building, to have a, a nice-looking facility, facility, just something similar to this. Uh, when I walked in, I loved the way things looked in this room and, and stuff like that. So I want to thank God for that. But a lot of times, progress has to do with development and stuff like that. But a lot of times, we neglect the progress that we ought to make as children of God. Because as a child of God, we ought to be progressing in our walk with Him on a daily basis. And I want to give you some tools that will help, that will aid in this progressive walk that you have with the Lord. So we're going to look at Joshua 5, chapter 1 through to 12. Now, just by way of introduction, here we have Israel is now on the brink of a new day. They're in a new season in their walk with the Lord. And by the time you get to Joshua 5, a lot of things have, have happened already. If you remember, the children of Israel, they were in bondage. They cried out to God for help, for deliverance. And because God is a God who hears and answers prayer, 
he answered them and he raised up a man by the name of Moses to deliver them. And God gave Moses one single sermon. Now that would be a wonderful thing if we had one single sermon to preach every single Sunday. But in one sense we do because it's one message, Christ and him crucified. In one sense we do. But he gave Moses one message, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. After ten plagues, signs and wonders, miracles, Pharaoh finally decided to let the children of Israel go. Moses gets them out of the land and lead them to a closed Red Sea. And while they were there, they heard the sound of chariots coming. And God showed himself strong and he opened the Red Sea and the children of Israel walked through on dry land. But Pharaoh pursued them and God closed the sea on them and Pharaoh and his minions were destroyed. Now the children of Israel, while they're on their journey through the wilderness, God shows themselves strong time and time and time again. They wanted food and God fed them with manna from on high. They needed water and God turned a rock into a fire hydrant. That's the type of God we serve. And Moses could testify that for years and years, when they walked through the wilderness, their clothes and their, sh their shoes didn't wear out. <laughs> God kept them. God provided for them. Then they came to the border of the promised land. And God begins to tell them about this land that is flowing with milk and honey. It is a wonderful place. But they did not believe God, so they sent spies to spy out the land. Now I want you to understand something. Anytime you're going to look to man to verify and validate what God has said, you're in trouble. If you're going to look to man to verify and validate what God has already said in his word, you are in trouble. If God said it, he means it. If God said it, it is already done. Because God means what he says. So they had the nerves, the nerve to send spies, and the spies went, came back, and they decided to take a vote to decide whether if they should do what God has said. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. If God has said, do this, do it. <laughs> That's it. No question asked. So, because of that, God was furious, frustrated with them, and for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness till that generation died out. And God had them wandering around one mountain till an entire generation died. Now they are getting ready. They are back at the place where they have failed God. And by this time, Moses is dead. And God has raised up a new leader by the name of Joshua. And God said to Joshua the same thing that he said to Moses, that I am going to be with you. I am going to be with you. When we started Bay Life Baptist Church, the plan was Pastor Titus would be there for five years 
and after five years, he will turn the church over to us. God had other plans. It was done in two years' time. And when it was turned over to us, I was scared out of my mind. I was a young man, fresh out of Bible college. <laughs> so, fresh off the boat. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I had no, in one sense, you, you know, it's one thing to go to college, but it's the next thing to walk the path. <laughs> so, I really had no idea what I was, what I was doing. And, one of the things that encouraged my heart is that God took a man all the way from America to Jamaica to plant a church and God was with him and God used him and God gave me this. If God was with him, he's going to be with me also. I want you to understand something. It doesn't matter where you are, where you go. If you are a child of God, God is with you to empower you, to strengthen you. And God is using us. And I often tell people, um, I show up and God do the rest. <laughs> but so God told Joshua that I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. But then God kind of put a pause on the whole going into the, 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 the promised land and conquering. And he said to them, before you can do this, before you can claim, before you can progress, there are some things that I need you to do. There's, there has to be a time of preparation. If you're an athlete, you're going to prepare to compete. If you're a soldier, you're going to train for war. There's a time of preparation when it comes to going into a battle, when it comes to progressing, when it comes to fighting. There has to be a time of preparation. And the truth is, we will prepare for a lot of things, but a lot of times, spiritual preparation is neglected. Do we understand that we are the army of the living God? And it means we're going to have to fight some battles individually and collectively. And we need to be ready for those battles. So God said they have to take some time and, and, and prepare for, for, for this battle that they're, they're about to fight. But before they could go into the promised land, they had to do something. They had to cross over. They had the Jordan River before them, and they had to cross over before they could enter into the promised land. That's the first thing. If you're going to progress in your walk with the Lord, you're going to have to cross over. So about one or two million people, Joshua had to lead about one or two million people across the raging river to occupy, to set up camp. Now this crossing over is a type of the Christian life. I want you to understand when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you crossed over from darkness to light, from death to life. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ, before you can have heaven, before you can have the blessings of the Lord, you have to cross over. That's where it starts. But in the idea of the church, before Pastor Titus could plant a church in Montego Bay, he had to cross over from America to Jamaica. 
it is a huge building. I mean, it, it, is, it is big. And with blessings also comes a lot, of, a lot of challenges. A lot of challenges. Before we acquire that building, and just to let you know, so you can understand how to continue to pray also. Before we got that building, we were in negotiation with the owner. And at some point, the owner's family told him that they don't want him to sell. And for about a year, the negotiation shut down. Nothing was happening. We had a deacon in the church, Dr. Brown, and he said, you know what? We're going to do like the children of Israel, and we're going to march around this building like, like those in Jericho and pray. And Pastor Tyson said, well, we don't want the walls to come down, but <laughs> we, we want a breakthrough. <laughs> and for a year... We prayed, and Deacon Brown, like the persistent widow, would call this man every single day until he said, you know what, I'm going to sell you guys this building. <laughs> but during that time, afterwards, the, the previous owner was telling us the story. During that time, they had the Chinese coming in, wanting to buy the building, and this man said, there was a day when some Chinese walked in with three bags full of money and offered him three times more than what the building was worth. Three times. And his wife turned to him and said, yeah, it's a lot of money, but we promised that we we're going to sell it to the church and that's what we we're going to do. And they refused it. Three times the amount. Now, that may not be a, a big deal for a lot of people here, but for people in Jamaica, that's a huge deal. <laughs> to turn down that amount of money, and he did. And when the deal was signed, about two weeks after the deal was signed, this man's wife was on her way to the market, and she got hit by two coaster buses and died instantly. Two weeks after the deal was signed, she went home to be with the Lord. She has completed her task. And today we're still in contact with the husband and he is a godly man. He loves the Lord. And the last time he came to the building, he said, I can sleep at night. I'm at peace because we have sold this building to the church. God has been working. God has been working. But the idea is before you can do anything and before any of these points mean anything to you or do anything in your life, you have to cross over from death to life, from darkness to light. That is the Christian life. That is the Christian walk. And when you cross over, you are different. You're no longer the, the, the same person. You're now moving from defeat to victory. Constant victory. Paul wrote that you were in time past. In time past, you walked according to what? The flesh. According to the, the spirit of disobedience. But you are now changed. You are now a child of God. So your walk ought to be a bit different. Now I want you to look in the text and, 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 and notice something here. They were caught between Jordan 
and Jericho. And the Lord said, before you can claim, before you can move into this land, I want you to do something. He said, Joshua, I want you to circumcise all the men who have not been circumcised. Now, I want you to understand this. Circumcision is the removal of the foreskin from the male. I'll stop there. Of a, of a Jewish man. And the Lord said to Joshua, before you go in, I need you to circumcise all these men. And he gave him some instructions and he said, you're going to take some flint, which is rock, and you're going to smash it and make shards and turn these shards into knives. And you're going to use these broken pieces of rock and circumcise the men. Broken pieces of rock. Now understand, these are not babies. These are grown men. And in those days, there were no scalpel, no anesthesia. And he's going to circumcise them. Just thinking about it, that hurts. Ooh. <laughs> I'm happy I ain't Jewish. <laughs> So these are not babies. These are not young men. These are grown men. And God said, before you can, can progress, before you can go in, before you can walk victoriously, there's a painful process that you're going to have to go through. Here's the second point. The first point is, if you're going to progress, you have to cross over. The second point is, if you're going to progress, you're going to have to cut some stuff off. That's the reality. You're going to have to cut some stuff off. Look at what verse 2 to, to, to 8 um, says in the passage. And at the time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel a second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskin. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcision, all the people, circumcision, circumcising all the people, that they abode in the places in the camp, till they were whole. So God said, 
take the time and circumcise them. And the idea is before you can progress, there are some things that you, you have to cut off. Before you can march into that promised land, there are some things that you have to get rid of. I'm going to let you go in, but you have to go to, through the painful process of cutting some stuff off. Now, circumcision for the Jews is the cutting off of the foreskin, but circumcision for the Christian is circumcision of the heart. So the idea is, for the Christian, is we ought to daily practice circumcision of the heart, cutting away some things that is going to stop us from progressing in our walk with God. We're going to have to cut some things off that is going to stop us from doing what God wants us to do, from going where God wants us to go. That's the idea. Now, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like to hear these kind of messages. Um, one of the things where, where the churches are getting nowadays is people like to hear when the praises go up, the blessings come down. We like to hear, name it, claim it, believe it, receive it, blab it, grab it. That's the kind of um, world we, we live in now. And we live in a world that people are looking for convenient Christianity. Convenient Christianity. We want the stuff that makes us feel good. But God says, if you're going to progress in your walk with him, if you're going to walk victoriously, there's the pain of cutting some stuff off that is going to stand in the way of your walk with God. Now the question is, why did God demand circumcision? Here it is. Circumcision is the sign of Abrahamic covenant. It was what identified them as the people of God. One of the things I've constantly heard, especially in Jamaica, I don't know if you know it here, is that people are saying, you know, we can't tell the difference between an unbeliever and a believer anymore. Here's the thing. If we're not engaged in a daily circumcision, in the daily cutting away of things, we're going to look like everybody else. And I do not believe that God has saved us and called us for us to blend in. We are to stand out. We're not supposed to blend in with everybody else. We're not supposed to behave like everybody else. We're not supposed to talk like everybody else. We're not supposed to react to certain things like everybody else. We are to react to it based on what God has said. We are to be different. So there are some things that we have to get rid of if we're going to progress. Maybe there are some people in your life that you need to cut off. Because they're not helping you in your walk with God. Rather, they are pulling you back into sin. And if there's somebody in your life that is not helping you to progress, but rather helping you to digress. <laughs> if there's such a word. <laughs> Maybe you need to cut some people off. 
Maybe there are some things in your life that you need to that you need to get rid of. Maybe you're bitter, maybe you're angry. You need to get rid of those stuff. You need to deal with those stuff. You need to cut some things off because it's not going to help you to progress. Not long ago, I was getting ready to get on a plane. And uh, while I was there waiting at the gate to board the plane, here comes this lady. And this lady is getting ready to board. And she was trying to board the plane with three large bags. So there's this male attendant and he said, um, Miss, you cannot board the plane with three big bags. We have a two carry-on policy. You're going to have to check one of your bags. And the lady said, no, I'm not going to check my bags. I'm carrying all three on the plane. The man said, ma'am, the policy is two, two carry-on. You're going to have to check one of your bags. And she started to get upset and she said, nope, I'm not going to check any of my bags. I'm taking all my bags on the plane. And the man said, no, you cannot. And the lady said, I want to speak to a supervisor. So the man went away and he came back with a lady. Now I'm sitting there. And I'm anticipating what is going to happen because I'm saying, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady said, ma'am, we have a two-carry-on policy. You can only carry on two bags. You're going to have to check one of your bags. And the lady said, no, I'm not. And the lady said, yes, you are. So she got upset, and with attitude, she took up the biggest bag and just slammed it on the counter. And she said, there, check it. And while the lady was checking the bag, she said to her, tell me something, what, it, what do you have in this bag anyways? And the lady said, my shoes. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the attendant looked at her and said, miss, you're going to board the plane. Where you're going, you're not going to need your shoes. You're not going to need your shoes on the plane. You're not going to use them on the plane. You don't need to carry them on to the plane. You don't need it. You don't need the shoes for where you are going. Here's the point. A lot of us, when God has saved us, we carry a lot of the baggages from the old life into the new one. And God is saying, where you are going, you don't need all of that baggage. You need to cut some stuff off. You don't need it for where you are going. It's going to weigh you down. It is going to stop you from moving forward. So you got to cut some stuff in order to progress with the Lord. Here's the third thing. thing. You have to heal from what hurt you. You have to cut some stuff off, but then you have to heal from what hurt you. In verses 8 through to 9, God said to them, I want you to stay where you are, and I want you to heal from your hurt. Stay where you are until you're made whole. The truth is we come to church on a Sunday, and we're all dressed up, and we're looking nice, especially the ladies, here all done, um, and we have this smile on our face. But a lot of times we are hurting. And the truth is, 
If you do not deal with the things that hurt you, if you don't allow God to heal you from those hurt, you're going to hurt other people. And, and this is personal to me, because many of you know my testimony, how I grew up, what I went through. And I, <laughs> and it's the funniest thing, I even went into marriage with a lot of hurt. And I want you to understand, if you don't deal with those hurt, you're going to hurt those you love, who you love. Hurting people hurt people. You have to give some things to God. You have to give some hurts to God. Maybe there's a therapist you need to see. Maybe you need to talk to your pastor about some things that is hurting you. Because here's the thing. If you're bleeding, you're going to bleed all over others. You have to deal with the things that hurt. You have to allow God. You have to take the time and allow God to heal those hurts. Because you're going to hurt others if you, if you don't. And here's the thing. When you're hurting and God is doing some glorious things, you're not even going to recognize it. You're going to miss the beauty that God has for you. God has brought some people into your life for a specific purpose. But if you're hurting and you're hurting them, you're going to miss the beauty of that relationship. You have to take the time to deal with what is hurting you. Because you're going to hurt people. Now it's interesting that God told them to stay still, to stay where they are. Now I want you to remind you where they are. They are between Jordan and Jericho. They are between Jordan and Jericho. And God said to them, sit still, don't move on until you are healed. They're between Jordan and Jericho, and the enemy is right around the corner, and God says, sit still. <laughs> Isn't that a little bit crazy? Now, I want you to understand, they have been circumcised. And because they have been circumcised, they are hurting, and they are weak, and they are unable to fight until they are healed. And the enemy is right around the corner. Now, why would God do that? You would think that's the best time for the enemy to attack. But God was teaching them that, look, I'm going to fight your battles for you. Sit still and I will protect you. I will keep you. I will fight for you. Here's the thing. God has your back even when you're at the weakest point in your life. God has your back. No matter how weak you are, God is with you. God will fight for you. If there's something that you're going through right now, if there's a battle that you're fighting right now, let me encourage you to fight it on your knees because God will fight for you. If you try to fight it in your own strength, you're going to lose. So God was teaching them that he will fight for them. So God said to cross over, cut some things off, heal from what I've hurt you. And then in verse 12, look at what verse 12 said. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So God stopped the manna. Now the question is, why would God do this? Now, for those who have failed Sunday school, let, let's do a little review here. Um, 
Do you remember what manner is? When they were wandering in the wilderness and had nothing to eat, God sent manna from on high. So manna came from above. And then God said, you would eat everything. Do not leave anything for the next day. The only time they had manna for the next day was when it, they had the Sabbath. But manna was their daily bread. Manna was their daily provision. Over the years, I've grown personally in my walk with God. Here's how. Constantly, God has allowed my wife and myself to only have manner enough for a day. Do not ask me how I'm fat. I don't know. <laughs> but the idea of manner enough for a day is you have food for today, but you don't know where the food is going to come from for tomorrow. We have been there constantly. And in one sense, it is a wonderful position to be in because you're constantly seeing the provision of God. God is providing out of nowhere manna enough for a day. But the idea is manna comes with a, a bit of uncertainty because manna means what is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> That's what it literally means. In the, the Hebrew, what, what is it? And God said, before you go in, I am going to stop the manner. And the idea is, manner carries the idea of a bit of uncertainty, but God is saying, because you're progressing in your walk, there are certain things that you ought to know about me. There are certain things you ought not to be uncertain about. And here's the thing, as you progress in your walk with God, you should not question whether if God is a provider. He is. You shouldn't question whether if God is a keeper. He is. You shouldn't question whether if God is a provider. He is. As you grow in your walk, there are certain things you need to know about God. And you know that you know that you know. This is who God is. You don't have to question that anymore. There are certain things you need to be sure of as you walk with the Lord. Can I ask you, is there some people who have been through the season of mannering of our day. Have, have you ever been there? But God has provided. God has provided. God has kept you. And finally, so first you have to cut some things off. No, you have to cross over, cut some things off. Um, heal from what hurt you. God had to stop the manner. And then the final thing is you have to celebrate the Passover. Verses 10 through to 11. And again, for those who have failed Sunday school, Passover goes back to Egypt, and especially to the last plague. And God told Moses to take the blood of the spotless lamb and put it over the doorposts of the houses. And at midnight, the death angel will pass over. So they would not die. The death angel will pass over. So God says, this is what I want you to do. 
I want you to celebrate the Passover. Now, I want you to remember that this generation that God told to celebrate the Passover, they didn't go through the Egypt experience. They don't know anything about that. But God said, stop and celebrate the Passover. I want you to remember my power of deliverance. Can I ask you, do, 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 do we stop and celebrate the fact that God has delivered us from some things? How many of us can look back at last year and really remember some things that God has delivered you from? I can. Many things. Now, one of the things that you're going to notice in Jamaica that um, the driving is exceptional driving. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And I can stand here and I can tell you this. Over the years driving in Jamaica, there are some events, there are some situations that I got out of that I should not have gotten out of. That's God's protection. That's God's deliverance. That is God's power keeping us. And we need to stop and thank God for the things that he has allowed to pass over us. We need to remember what God has done in the past, and we also need to remember what God has, is doing in the present. And we need to celebrate and thank God for it. Let me end with this thought. Hopefully soon we'll be able to do a celebration service where we're going to dedicate the new building that we have. And I would love to have some of you come down for that. <laughs> so maybe your pastor. Maybe I can send your pastor and your wife to come down to be a part of that. Because in one sense, you are a part of it in terms of prayer and support. You are a part of it. So it would be wonderful for you to, to, to come down. But the idea is when we look at where God has brought Baylag Baptist Church from to where it is now, we have a lot of things to celebrate and thank God for. When you look at Community Baptist from where God has brought it from to where it is now, you have a lot to thank God for. You have a lot to celebrate for. But here's the thing. Don't just celebrate what God is doing in your life. Celebrate what God is doing for others also. Thank God for, for what he's doing in the lives of others also. This summer... We're going to have about seven teams, different teams coming down at different times um, to help with both the church building and, and, different, and different ministries. And I want you to keep this in mind as you come down. If, you're, if those, some of you who are in here probably will be coming down on the trip, I want you to keep this in mind. Jamaica is a place where a lot of people smile a lot. But the truth is, all those smiley faces are hurting people. And the difference between them getting over that is the people of God showing them love and concern. That's it. That is it. People smile a lot in Jamaica, but there's not a lot to smile about. But here's the thing. What helps is when the people of God come alongside and just care. That's it. So 
Forget everything. Don't even think about the work that you're going to do and all that. All you're going to think about is, I'm, I'm coming down to show people the love of Christ. That's it. That is it. That goes a long, long way. A long, long way. And here's why. Recently, we had a service in the church where we had a community launch. And a lot of people from the community and some important politicians came <laughs> to the church. And one of the things people kept talking about was some of the groups that came down to Jamaica like five, six, seven years ago. And they remembered the care and the love and the concern that people showed, that the groups showed. That's what they talked about. And because of you, groups coming down your love and support, Bay Life Baptist Church is a known church in Montego Bay. And guess what we're known for? Loving and giving. <laughs> That's what we're known for. Isn't that a good thing to be known for? Don't just come down and do it. Do it right here. Start right here. Get out there and show the love and concern for the community. And that it will aid and help you in your progress. Progress in your walk with the Lord. Let me ask you to bow your heads and let us pray. Father, we we thank you that you love us so much. Help us, oh God, not to be stagnant in our walk with you, in our Christianity. Help us, O oh God, to do what you have said in your word, that we ought to take up the cross and follow you. Help us, O oh God, to rather to suffer the afflictions than to have a season of pleasure. God, help us to be different. I pray for those in this room right now who are going through some challenges, who are hurting. That God, you will remind them that you are a God who heals. There's no broken vessel that you can't put back together. There's no broken heart that you cannot mend. So we ask you, God, to help us to give all our fears, all our hurts, all our bitterness, all our anger to you. We pray for this church, O oh God, that this church will continue to preach your word, your love, your grace. That people in this community will know that there's a church here that, that loves them. There's a church here of people who are Christ-like and Christ-minded. 
We thank you for all that you have done over the years, oh God. And we continue to praise you for what you will do, what you will accomplish in and through all of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.